Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Twelve shows, twelve themes, four presenters and one topical talk. Is it worth it? The Film Review Podcast presents Topical Talk. Yes, that's right. Welcome to episode one of Topical Talk. I'm joined by the wonderful Is It Worth It podcasting team in the studio right now. Uh, would you like to introduce yourselves from you all the way around to you? My name is David Long. My name is Floss Hafter. My name is Shivani Raya. And of course, I am Craig Fields. You all know me and David from the main show. Uh, you've heard Floss and Shivani on the other shows occasionally, but this is going to be a regular occurring show and Shivani is going to tell us all about what it's about. Yes, well, every month we're going to pick a theme and we're going to pick two films each and we're going to talk about them and that's basically it. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. Um, so without further ado, let's go into the first episode right now. You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody instead of a bum. So, as you've heard from that clip, it's time for our first month of Topical Talk, and the theme this month is I Could Have Been a Contender. Each of us have picked two films that we think should have won at the Academy Awards, but did not. I'm going to kick off by telling you what my two films are. My first film is Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, and my second film is the fantastic A Star is Born. Uh, my two films are The Dark Knight, a second film in the Batman trilogy from Chris Nolan, and then the second film is uh, The Beatles' Yellow Submarine, that wacky cartoon. <laughs> um, and I have picked War for the Planet of the Apes, the last instalment in the series, and Paddington 2. All very good choices there. Um, I've gone for The Shawshank Redemption, or just Shawshank Redemption, mm. uh, from 1994. And I've also gone for Kingdom of Heaven, Ridley Scott's uh, failure of a film. Um, but I love <laughs> it. So... David, would you like to kick off first with your first movie? Yes, I will. So for those of you who haven't seen Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, what's it about? Well, very simply, a mother personally challenges the local authorities to solve her, do her daughter's murder when they fail to catch the culprit. This is a film that me and Craig revealed, re uh, reviewed on the main show. Uh, I'll kick off in my favourite place with the Rotten Tomato scores. Gets a fantastic 90% from the critics and 87% from the audience. Audience. Um, it was nominated for seven Oscars, uh, but it only won two. It did, however, win four Golden Globes. What were the th uh, things it won for? Well, it won Best Performance by an Actress in a Leading Role, Frances McDormand. It won Best Performance by an Actor in a Supporting Role, Sam Rockwell. But it was also nominated for Best Picture, Best Performance by an Actor in a Supporting Role, Woody Harrelson, Best Original Score, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Achievement in Film Editing. Uh, it did win the Golden Globe for Best Picture Drama. However, it was robbed at the Academy Awards by A Shape of Water. Why do I think this film should have won Best Picture? It was just an absolute masterpiece. Everything about this film, from the hard-hitting subject matter to the performances to, to the audacity of it, really. Um, I just thought it was a wholeheartedly better film than A Shape is Water. I mean, I gave A Shape of Water... A Shape is Water. A Shape of Water is what I said, wasn't it? <laughs> no, A Shape is Water. But, you know, we can go with that. You know what? I... I We've had about two years to reflect on this, mm. really. Do you remember when it won, when The Shape of Water won Best Picture, mm. and you were going mad because it wasn't a very it was it was a very well made film, but it was not as good as Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. And I was very happy about it. I I loved The Shape of Water, and I was glad that it won mainly because it upset you oh. so much. <laughs> Cheers, mate. But Thanks for that. Also, I thought it was a very well way well made film, but I. I reflecting on it after two years I think you're all right always mm. were and I just didn't want to tell you that but I don't know what anybody else thought really I really liked Shape of Water as well I'm a really big fan of Guillermo del Toro and um, Sally Hawkins was just oh, was so good in that film um, but no I, I do actually think that Three Billboards probably deserved it 
I, yeah. <laughs> well, I haven't seen The Shape of Water criminally, <laughs> no. but I did see on my birthday three billboards um, at a very lovely Everyman cinema, and it was great. And, um, it, you know, it should have won, <laughs> I say. So, do you have any more to add to this, David? Not at the moment. To um, that point. I mean, like I said, it was nominated for seven Oscars. It won for two of the acting categories. It was yeah. nominated for Best Picture. Um, it was the bookmaker's favourite going into the Oscars. It did very well um, at the Golden Globes, but it didn't win the Producers Guild of America Award. That went to The Shape of Water. Uh, and the Producers Guild is often a real pointer for the Best Picture race. Um, I'll be keeping my eyes out this year for what wins that. But three billboards, um, seven Oscar, seven Oscar nominations, only two wins, missing out on that coveted Best Picture prize. Okay, I think you've you've sold it to me. Really, I feel like we should actually like have a vote at some point as to I, ha- I haven't not... said that much about it. Yeah, <laughs> no, but I've given you some stats. The, the, the stats are selling it. I think mm. Floss wants to oh, say I've something. I've got some more stats. No, I just remember watching the Baftas, and it won Best Film and Best British Film. Even though it's in Missouri, but <laughs> oh, but, it's, um, but the director is obviously not an American. Mm. Um, so yeah, one in both those categories. Um, yeah, so like, one might have sorry. thought that was more of a a prophecy of what was to come, but no. Yeah, Martin McDonough was the director, um, and it was actually a British film. And you're right, it did do very well at the Baftas as well. See, Gold Globes, Baftas, but it missed out on that coveted PGA, which is very important. Is there anything that we think about why? Like, what could have swayed people more towards Shape of Water, even though billboards looked like it was on a on a roll? I actually haven't got a clue. I have this feeling it, it was because the subject matter, perhaps, was maybe we weren't ready for it, or the, the Oscars weren't ready for for that, or the Shape of Water was so far out there that they weren't really ready for that, and it was, okay, we're going to have to select something that's way out there this year. I don't know. I actually have no idea. There's the thing with the the ballot system, isn't there? Where if everyone puts the same film for their number two mm. in the in the list, that's more persuasive than a few people having a film as number one. Yeah, the preferential ballot. So it means if you get more in the second and third. So if everyone had Shape of Water as their second best film of the year, um, and there were other ones with a top nomination, it would mean that in the preferential ballot, it would come out on top. Yeah. Um, as for why it didn't, why three billboards didn't win. I just think A Shape of Water was so different and so bizarre and it was such a ridiculous topic about a, a lizard man who was partial to a boiled egg falling, <laughs> I knew in, you love, were gonna say that. falling in love with a cleaner. Um, <laughs> they, they managed to pull it... It's true, though. They managed to pull it off and therefore only Del Toro could pull off such a ludicrous plot plot and premise and the fact they pulled it off i mean look it was very well made it was very well shot it had a wonderful score over it um and i just think it was so audacious and the fact that it was that audacious and managed to be successful the academy just and i think floss is probably right in the preferential ballot it was probably right up there as everyone's number one two or three choice and just came out on top i think also um even though the rumors were were pretty squashed like before the film came out but every Hellboy fan's gonna like really enjoyed that film because it was all they all thought it was gonna be about Abe Sabian but obviously it wasn't but it was there's still the the idea that it was a continuation of that series and that was such a fun series yeah I actually really really agree with you on that one I I did actually get a sense that it was Abe or a version of Abe, or a, or a, or a different um, creature, or of the same race of some sort, and I and I quite enjoyed, you know, letting myself think it was that, even if it wasn't. But yeah, are, are we all in agreement then that this three billboards should have won the um, the best picture Oscar that year? I'm remembering the slight backlash that happened against it actually in the run up, and whether that hurt it because there was some things in the you know think pieces about is Sam Rockwell's character. Does he deserve the redemption he gets, given that he's so horrible and so racist? And there were some critics saying this film is, you know, irresponsible in that messaging, um, which I mm. guess maybe put off some some silly people. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think you're probably right on that one. Yeah. Giovanni? Yeah, no, it was a very controversial film. Um, and I've read uh, Martin Madonna, who's, uh some of his plays as well, which are also mm. very controversial, but they're very, very good. I'd recommend reading his plays. Um, but yeah, it, it, 
I, I get that. And sense. and finally, the subject matter was quite hard hitting, wasn't it? The way that um, Francis McDormand's uh, character's daughter, so Francis McDormand played Mildred. The way Mildred's daughter was murdered, I won't go into the details, but she wasn't just murdered, um, and it was absolutely brutal. And a film of that nature, very very heavy. Maybe the Academy just wanted to go for something a bit more uplifting. Something you know, what was fundamentally a Shape of Water was fundamentally a love story, and maybe that just sold it to them. Maybe, maybe. I feel like we should be letting this into like room 101. It's like, right, yeah. is this going into room 101? <laughs> can we can we do this? I feel like I want to clarify as well. Sam Rockwell's character should have gone to prison. He was a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> he was a very bad man. That scene where he throws someone out of the window is with that um, majestic piece of music over the top. Um, yeah, very hard hitting, very powerful. Yeah. Just, and he was a bad man. If, if there was any, you know, ambiguity, no, he was terrible. He... Did he deserve redemption? Probably not until he'd paid for his crimes, but that doesn't make the film not worthy. No. Mm. Thank you for clarifying that. Okay. <laughs> so are we, are we allowing this into to the studio, Room 101 or some sort? Is this, is this gonna, Absolutely. David obviously is going to say yes. Floss is going to say yes. Uh, well, I don't feel like I'm qualified to say until I see Shape of Water, which I was going to watch and then my friend bailed on me and I never got around to it. Okay. Yes, sorry. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. So do I. So you, you've got it, David. Thank you're, you very much. I was that. right and I will always remain right. You are welcome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Floss, bring us the next film that we're going to discuss. Well, so I'm not fighting for this one to win Best Picture, but it was sad that it was never nominated, which is The Dark Knight. So this was partly the reason why they then expanded the category to include up to 10 films because people were saying how in a year when this film came out and caused such a discussion... Got so much acclaim, broke box office records. Obviously, Heath Ledger won the Oscar, um, but, you know, not even nominated for Best Picture, mm. even though it was a bit of a genre game changer. And is what what ranking on the IMDb top? Number four, I believe. Yeah, which obviously that's just people voting. But, you know, people, people matter. And still the- remembered 10 years later as one of the greats of the genre. Yeah, the, the, the audiences do matter. And every week when we look at the Rotten Tomatoes, the audience scores tend to be a little bit higher, though, than the critics. Um, but still, The Dark Knight was critically mm. acclaimed as being a fantastic film. And you've got something else. Oh, well, just <laughs> 94% there we on go. Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. Is that from critics or audience? Sorry. Critics. Critics. So do you have a bit more stats there? Well, no, just, you know, Dark Knight lies at number four on IMDb. To put that into perspective, it's sandwiched between The Godfather Part 2 and 12 Angry Men. Uh, And The Godfather Part 2 is considered one of the greatest pieces of filmmaking of all time. Um, So the fact that The Dark Knight is that high, critically, audiences loved it. It was a revolutionary film, really, for that genre. Heath Ledger gives a career-defining, ultimately his last performance, but a sensational performance, and really, really should have been nominated for a Best Picture. And if there was more than five, it would have been. It wasn't actually his last performance, though. Was oh, it not? Dr. No. Parnassus, yeah. which my brother actually was in, in really? like a, you know, extra my kind apologies. of background thing. Um, but yeah, no one remembers that film. No, it wasn't great. I do, I love that film. <laughs> <laughs> I had a whole thing about well, it in, in my quiz that I wrote once. Yeah. And who directed it? Um, uh, Terry Gilliam, there we go. Thank you, I'm <laughs> glad you remembered that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But we remember him for the Joker. We do. I mean, it was... A, a, I feel a fool now, Craig. Do you? Mm. I'm sorry. Well, yes. to be fair, not many people remember that film. It it, it had to rope in um, a couple of other actors, didn't it? Colin Farrell, Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp Jude, Jude, Law. Jude Law. And they all had to play uh, Heath Ledger's character. Within the film, they sort of rewrote the whole thing to make so it. Well. And it did work quite well. I mean, the film so well. was okay. <laughs> I love, I love, it's one of my favourite films. You know you're supposed to be talking into the microphone. Sorry, you're hogging it. You're hogging the microphone, Craig. Just, just grab it. Just <laughs> grab it when you want it. Um, yeah, no, I, that's one of my favourite films. And obviously, Man Who Killed Don Quixote, which I'm going to mention again, same director. Um, yeah, I love it. It's really good. Didn't really get good a Best Picture nomination either. I know. <laughs> the so actors this... both got nominations this year, though. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Moving back to The Dark Knight, I think we do need to clarify then. Um, do we all believe that that should have won Best Picture that year? What other Best Pictures were up? So, what was nominated? Uh, Slumdog Millionaire won that year. 
Um, okay. It was Frost Nixon. What else? Milk. Oh, Milk was a fantastic film, and so was Frost Nixon. I think the problem it had is in the 30s and 40s, I believe there was 8 to 12 films in the Best Picture category. Um, that was then reduced down to 5. Uh, and then, as Floss said, it was re um instated back up to 10 i think in the modern day the modern era um now dark knight rises sorry the dark knight would have had uh, a best picture nomination without a shadow of a doubt but just hearing some of the other films that were nominated that year um you know frost nixon uh, milk with um sean penn sensational film by the way if you haven't seen it um it sounds like it really did go up against some very very good films indeed yeah frost nixon was amazing i remember watching that um near the time um, <laughs> Benjamin Button. Oh, oh really? And uh, the reader. Yes. The reader. Is that the one Kate Winslet? Yes, it was. For? Yeah. Wow, what a year! What a year! But just imagine if you could have had five more. I'm <laughs> yeah. Sure there oh, were other wow. Great films that year. It seems a shame to narrow it down to just five. And yeah, people credit The Dark Knight, the backlash from that getting snubbed with. Bringing about the change, and I can't imagine that if it came out now, it wouldn't get in. No, I I agree, I agree. Does anyone have anything else to add to Floss's uh, contribution there? That would be a no then, so we're going to move on to the next movie, which is Shivani's choice. Hello, yes, I... (laughs) (laughs) Um, I picked uh, War for the Planet of the Apes, and this film got, like, it got really bad reception and I don't know why and like Floss I'm not fighting for this film to win any particular like Oscar I suppose it's I just, it, I just wanted it to have more recognition because I think it's a fantastic film and it was emotional and hard-hitting and the visual effects were stunning but from a lot from what I can tell a lot of people didn't like it and I'm not entirely sure why um, the Rotten Tomatoes is 94%, audience score 84%, got 7.4 on IMDb. Um, so, critically, it's a really good mm. film. Just didn't get a very good reception. I think audiences seem to not like it so much, and um, and I, I can see why. I, I didn't quite like it either. I thought technically it was, it was brilliant, but story-wise, it just didn't sell it to me, um, unfortunately. I disagree. It the the story was fantastic. Like it 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 was so um particular in in what it was trying to say and it didn't quite fit the um same storylines as the other like previous films. Um and it and like um so Rise of the Planet of the Apes was basically a remake of Conquest for the ba- for the ba- uh, Conquest of the Battle of the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Come on, Shivani, get those I'm words sorry, out. I'm sorry. Conquest, yeah. Conquest came first, right? It was, yeah. I have no idea because I haven't watched them all, Shivani, and you're the expert here on I Planet have... of the Apes. Come on, Shivani, sell it to us. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. Con- yeah, so Rise was um, a remake of Conquest. Dawn was basically a re- remake of Battle. War kind of steps out of the. Um, film frame of that series um and kind of goes on, or goes off on its own but i think it's the best one i think it's the best one of all of the planet of the apes films well it's directed by matt reeves yes I who is reeves. currently directing a batman film <laughs> yeah i'm so, <laughs> so excited this is going full circle isn't I'm it so excited craig you have no idea i hope that is the film theme tune to be honest with you um do you have anything else that you'd like to to add to this to sell it to us a bit more um i cried twice Oh, okay. Well, you're selling it to me now. <laughs> I think Floss definitely has something else. To well, say. I'm just thinking about there is that, you know, that ongoing discussion about motion capture performances and whether they should be recognised. And if you do, who do you recognise? Because it's not just the performer, it's it's the team as well that animates yeah. it. But the film that's always used in argument for that is, well, anything that Andy Serkis has ever done, but in particular him as Caesar or him as Gollum. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they are the two pro- most prolific characters that he has played during motion capture. And he's going on from doing Gollum. He actually set up his own motion capture technology company and he is at the forefront of developing all of this stuff. So it's pretty cool. I think it's obviously a, sorry, it's obviously a shared effort between everyone who worked on that film. And I don't think that it deserves any less 
in terms of like I don't think any of people deserve any less credit. Um, I think uh, it, I just can't get over how <laughs> stunning that film looked and like the 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 imagery. The, there was so much war imagery. I think one of the um, things that people didn't like was that it was called War for the Planet of the Apes, but there's no war in it. But there was. It was just a war going on. It wasn't like a battle or a um, like or constant fighting. Mm. It was a, a a world in times of war, and it's focusing on one uh, character who has a vendetta, and it it was just very. Very soul crushing. <laughs> but what you're trying to say here is it should have won the Visual Effects Award, yes? It was nominated for the Visual Effects Award. It would have been a great winner, but I think I'm just arguing for more recognition than anything else. I think it should have been nominated for Best Picture. And so that's, that's that's what you wanted. Uh, yeah. I yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and if that is the case, I'm gonna have to veto you on that one. I don't oh, think no, I don't think it was one. worthy of the best picture. Nomination okay. or that year or winning. Oh, lots that of googling going on in the studio year. now. <laughs> that was the same year as Shape of Water. Oh, um, three billboards, Phantom Fred, Dunkirk. Gonna Dark say Sour. there's a lot of competition. There is a lot, <laughs> and all of those are somewhat better. Yeah, I no, I just I'm just I yeah. just want a nomination, please. Just give me a nomination. Well, it was nominated for visual effects, wasn't it? She could the have been a contender <laughs> <laughs> for best picture. That's what I want. A nomination for best picture. Just. A little bit. I'm really sorry. I can't give this to you. Oh, I'm afraid. Me. I'm afraid not. Oh no! Don't be the. I can't be the first one that we're disagreeing. What, with. First, what were we going to oh, say? Oh no! Yeah, sorry for talking over everyone. <laughs> no, it's just a little sidebar that was put into my head. That Dunkirk and Shape of Water came out the same year, and I think Dunkirk should have won for best score, and it didn't. Shape of Water did. I don't know it if anyone else. Did it, it did have a very good score, but was it as good as Dunkirk? Clearly, it was. <laughs> Oh, there's I think... vigorous debating going on now. Vigorous. David, do you I mean, have... I mean, if it makes you feel any better, Shani... Shani? <laughs> it's a mixture of your... Shani Shivani. I'm so sorry, Shivani. Um, it did get a nomination at the Screen Actors Guild Awards for Outstanding Action Performance by a Stunt Ensemble in a Motion Picture. It didn't win, though. So oh. I hope that consoles you somehow. Yeah, so it's got a, a little bit, a little bit. Doesn't sound like it's it, it gets enough. a little bit of uh, recognition at the Sargs there, but um, again, no win. Um, I think you make a compelling case, but I'm afraid for me, particularly in that year, um, you could have been a contender, but you are not. But you are not. Oh, you you want to add more? Oh, to there's this? more of Tom's chili. I was going to say that Floss hasn't given her opinion yet. Again, <laughs> I saw the first one in the series, but not the other two. But also, you did one. also say free billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri should have won the Oscar. Did you not? But I've seen that one. <laughs> you have seen that one. <laughs> and I think that... I saw a lot of the films that year. Like, I saw I saw Dunkirk. I saw... I did see lots that year, and now they've all gone from my brain. Phantom Fred. Yes. Phantom Fred, as in Fred, Fred Flintstone. Fred and Fred. Phantom Fred. Yeah. Get Out, Call Me By Your Name. Yeah, I saw quite a few of those, and... I do think Through Billboards was, you know, a cut above. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's we're going to move on. You didn't. You're not going to get that one. I'm afraid, Shivani. Broken my heart. My one. My first one is Shawshank Redemption. Yes, yes David. Yes. Um, <laughs> so this was. Uh, this came out in 1994, and it was directed by Frank Darabont, uh, who's also the writer of this film or adapted the screenplay for it. it as we all know, it was uh, based on a novella by Stephen King, uh, which is, um, you know, a lot of Stephen King films have come out and have any of them been nominated for a Best Picture Oscar? Probably not. Maybe one in particular. I think Floss is, knows exactly what I'm thinking right here, right now. Stand By Me? Oh, well, yeah, I love Stand By, by Me. Um, I was thinking The Shining. The Shining, that wasn't nominated for any Oscars. <laughs> No, I know. Um, but also, I, I, Frank D Darabont, he hasn't directed very much um, in the way of things. And this was his first debut film. Um, and uh, he went on to also do Green Mile. and Yeah, and The Majestic, which stars Jim Carrey. Um, so Green Mile, also another Stephen King 
book. But if for those of you who are listening and you don't know what Shawshank Redemption is, I'm going to give you a qu- quick brief synopsis. So in 1946, a banker named Andy Dufresne, who's played by Tim Robbins, is convicted of a double murder. Even though he is stubbornly proclaims his innocence, he's sentenced to a life term uh, where... Uh, at the Shawshank State Prison in Maine, where another lifer, Ellis Red Redding, played by Morgan Freeman, picks him as a new recruit. Uh, most likely to crack under the pressure, uh, the ugly realities of prison life are quickly introduced to Andy, a corrupt warden, uh, sadistic guards led by Captain Brian Hadley, and inmates who are little better than dom- than animals, willing to use rape or beatings to ensure their dominance. But Andy does not crack, and he has hope. Uh, of prevailing uh, within the prison bars and uh, he does go on to do wonderful things in this film along with Morgan Freeman and uh, it it gets a 90% from critics it gets 98% from audiences but the strange thing is that when it came out it only made about $28,000 at the box office $28,000. $28,000. That's wrong. I'm sorry. $28 million. <laughs> I was going to say $28,000. I've spent more on watching Shawshank than that. <laughs> it's like four tickets. Yeah, that is, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. These days it is. At Odin, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Plugging Cineworld's prices there. <laughs> I love it. Um, but no, it had a budget of only $25 million, so it only clawed back a little bit. Um, and it went on to be a bit of a cult classic. But during um, the 1995 Academy Awards, it was nominated for... Best Picture, Best Actor in a Leading Role for Morgan Freeman, Best Writing Screenplay Based on Material Previously Produced or Published for Frank Darabont, Best Cinematography, Roger Deakins, uh, Best Sound, yes, the king of cinematography, Uh, Best Film Editing and Best Music Original Score for Thomas Newman. So seven awards that it was nominated for and not a single one it was awarded, which is ludicrous. Absolutely ludicrous. And I think all of you here have seen Shawshank Redemption. Am I correct in thinking that? I love it. Absolutely adore it. It's one of the best films of all time. And it's it has to be the top of anyone's must-see list. Yeah, I think it is. Because um, I haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the next film that you're going to go home and watch. Is that right? Not today, but yes. Sure. Definitely. Does that mean we're doing no spoilers for Shawshank? <laughs> I mean, have I spoiled it for you by giving that synopsis there? No. I know a lot about. Sorry, I know a lot about it. I know a lot about it. It's been it's been around for a long while. I'm not too bothered by spoilers. That's fine. <laughs> good because you will get some a great deal of satisfaction out of watching it because it is a really really good film. But during the 67th Academy Awards, which was the 20, uh, which was the 1995 Academy Awards, it went up against uh, Forrest Gump. So I mean that was the best picture. I'm I'm fighting for it to be best picture here. Mm. Um. Forrest Gump was an amazing film though Forrest Gump won I believe Forrest Gump did win so it yes. went up against that it won but does it deserve to win against Shawshank Redemption I mean the other films that were nominated that year are Four Weddings and a Funeral Pulp Fiction Quiz Show and The Shawshank Redemption ooh baby um, I mean Forrest Gump is I mean Tom Hanks won the Academy Award for his portrayal of Forrest Gump, and rightly so. But is Shawshank a better overall piece of cinema than Forrest Gump? I would say 100% categorically yes. Me too, you know. Even though Forrest Gump is such a wonderful film, Tom Hanks's performance, central performance at it, is the glue that holds it together, whilst the plot is a, a little bit strange, and I don't know whether I connected with that plot a little bit more. Shawshank Redemption was just, mm. overall, just so well done in every aspect of it. Tim Robbins, Morgan Freeman, I mean, powerhouse performances. And the thing that Shawshank has more than I think any other film that I've ever seen is it's just such an emotional roller coaster. And it's also such a feel good film. You come out of that film just skipping and whistling and just feeling alive. Uh, and it just gives you a real passion and energy that I just can't describe I've gotten from any other film. Roller coaster is the word I was going to use. Drat, I apologise. That's all right. I mean, it's true. It's, I'd say it's one of the most cathartic films you will ever see. Like, there's moments in it where you are so tense and so stressed, but also moments when you are so relieved and happy for the characters. Can I add a snub? Um, I think Tim Robbins was robbed of a of a Best Actor nomination. Yeah, definitely. So Morgan Freeman was um, got the leading actor nomination there. 
but Tim Robbins did not. No supporting actor nom? No, I don't think so. No, no, didn't get nominated for Best Supporting Actor there. No. Wow. Yeah, the seven nominations uh, that I read out before, there was no supporting actor. It was just Morgan Freeman for leading. And I mean, he was great. I mean, he was yeah. he was the leading actor in that, other than the fact that Morgan Freeman did the narration. Mm. I would I would argue that Tim Robbins was probably more of a lead role, um, but I'm I'm shocked he didn't even get nominated for a Best Supporting. That does that does genuinely surprise me, um, because oh, it, what a film it is! If you ha- if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen it, or if you are Shivani. You must go and see this film. I must go and see this film. I sound like I'm on the regular show. You must download it. You must buy a DVD, Betamax, however on earth you can get hold of it. Make sure. Nobody has ever heard of Betamax other than you and I now because I introduced it to you. I know, I know. Now I love it. So I first saw it in school. It was, I think, sociology or psychology, A-level. Um, you know, they put on a film for us because it was near the end of term. And obviously, lessons are only an hour long, so we didn't get to watch the whole thing. And I, so I went home and was like seeking it out um, because they stopped. I mean, I can't spoil it, but they it's stopped. It's not even at, half of the film. No, it's a long film. It's two hours and 40 minutes, I believe. Mm. So three whole lessons worth there. Yeah. I think you learn a lot in those three hours compared <laughs> to what you learn in three school lessons. Definitely. Um, but it's got, I'd say, the scene that in my mind is the most, I can't think of the words, you're expecting the worst like to be revealed yeah. and instead it's the best. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So are you going to guys going to give the this one or are you giving it to Tom Hanks uh, with Forrest Gump here? I mean, it is the highest rated film of all time on IMDb. That's true. It is the highest rated film of all time on INDB. I just want to repeat that. And it did not win Best Picture. No. Forrest Gump was a brilliant film, but Shawshank Redemption is one of the best of all time, hands down. And I'm afraid I have to side with you, Craig. I think Shawshank should have beaten our good friend, Mr. Gump. Yeah, I agree. Shawshank is like on another tier of, you know, when, when people say, what is the greatest film of all time? Like... I always got back the answer, Shawshank, because it just is. Um, that was not very convincingly worded, but no, I agree with you, Craig. Great stuff. I'm so glad that um, everyone's agreed with me, but not with you, <laughs> Sorry. Everyone's agreed with everyone, haven't they, so far? Uh, no. no. We've all disagreed with Shivani. Oh, no, that's what I'm... Oh, Shivani, I'm so... Oh, never mind. Well, I'm about to go for a controversial one, um, so people may disagree with me. I'm going for last year's Academy Awards, where I was robbed, where A Star Is Born was robbed, where Bradley Cooper was robbed, yeah, where can, Lady can we, Gaga was can robbed. Can we just say why you were robbed? Well, I had a small investment on A Star Is Born to win Best Picture at the Academy Awards, um, and my small investment, I'd like to say it was small, did not return. Um, I did manage to hedge my bets and make some money when Green Book did win, but nonetheless, no, I was absolutely gutted um, that A Star Is Born did not win Best Picture. Um, Going into that year, I thought it was all going to be about First Man. I'd read so much about First Man being, um, you know, the saving Private Ryan of space films. I was told that it was going to blow me away. It was going to be an absolute masterpiece. And Craig, you'll remember, how obsessed was I with the First Man? Very obsessed. Um, But when we walked out... Honestly, I walked out of it, and because I had, I built, I had some money on it. I built my hopes up for this was a first man was going to be um, the the best picture of the year, and I just didn't like it. And I remember just walking out of the cinema looking like an absolute ghost. And throughout all of this, Craig was going when we were going to the cinema. Craig was going, I tell you what, David, a star is born. That is going to be a real player come best picture. And I was like. Craig talking rubbish as always. <laughs> a star is born. Bradley Cooper, Bradley Cooper singing. Lady Gaga acting. Absolutely no chance. But wow, what a film! The critics gave it ninety percent. The audience gave it a seventy-nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It got eight Oscar nominations, but only one win. It won for best original song, which was Shallow. But it was also nominated for best picture. Uh, sound mixing, best performance by an actor in a leading role, Bradley Cooper, best performance by an actress in a leading role, Lady Gaga, best performance by an actor in a supporting role, Sam Elliott, best adapted screenplay and best achievement in cinematography. I was completely blown away by A Star Is Born. Everything from Bradley Cooper's singing 
to the sensational original music. I thought Lady Gaga's acting was sensational. The story completely broke my heart and I, I honestly nearly cried a number of occasions. And what I loved about it was the fact that it was almost the opposite of what the people do in real life. So you had the actor Bradley Cooper singing and playing this alcoholic um, rock star, this very famous rock star. And then you had Lady Gaga, who's a singer in real life, playing this aspiring singer who's literally just singing in bars and clubs and going nowhere, really. And she does this fantastic rendition of Lviv... (laughs) Keep swallowing your tongue. (laughs) I don't know what's going on. I might have to see a doctor about this. Regular <laughs> listeners will know that for some reason, halfway through talking, I just swallow my tongue. Oh, it's really bad. Um, I thought you were doing a Lady Gaga impression. No, I was. I'm waving. <laughs> I'm waving my. How do you say it, Craig? It's Le Vion Le Rose. The Vion Rose. I think and Floss knows how to say it's better than I do. What? The Vion Rose. Le Vion Rose. There you go. There I mean, we that, go. Was, that was not the right. I did that um, wrong, but. <laughs> It's all about the phlegm. Oh, that's probably why you just choked on your tongue. No, I don't know what's going on. I need to see a doctor. Um, anyway, where was I? She gives this fantastic rendition of said French song, and Bradley Cooper instantly falls in love with her, and they go on this emotional roller coaster. And I was just completely blown away by it. I saw it four times in the cinema. Um, I absolutely adored it. And look, yes, I had a serious amount of cash on it to win Best Picture because I genuinely believed it would. And look, if you gamble, you lose sometimes. And that's you've got to take that on the chin. But I wanted this to win because I genuinely thought it was the Best Picture. It lost out to Green Book, which I felt was like a real Oscar bait kind of film. Um, and look, Green Book was very solid. Um, I haven't got the Rotten Tomato scores in front of me, but I know it did quite well. But for me, A Star is Born is not only one of the best films of last year, it's one of the best films of the last 10 years. And the fact that it went eight for one at the Oscars, I think, is an absolute travesty. You know, yeah, no, David, I completely agree with you because I was saying right from the very beginning, after I saw the first trailer come out, that this is going to win Best Picture at the Oscars. Mm. And you you just kept saying, no, 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 it's not. First man, first man all the way, first man. Yeah. First man flopped, didn't it? It flopped massively. But to be fair... It was a good. It wasn't bad. It just just didn't do it. Didn't do it for everyone. I mean, nothing for me from Damien Chazelle has measured up to Whiplash. That's still my oh, what a film. Yeah, gold amazing. standard for him. Yeah, yeah, definitely agree with that. I would agree with you. I think um, looking at the list of all the films that were nominated that year, and yeah, apart from maybe the favourite, um, Star is Born is pretty pretty high up there. Mm. Also, looking at the best, I, I don't I. I don't think Rami Malek should have won Best Actor. I think Bradley Cooper probably... I, I think he probably should have won that. Well, the thing is, not only did Bradley Cooper direct this film, he also sang, he also wrote the music. It was sensational. Rami Malek did not sing. I, Although um, Rami Malek was very good, I would like to, I would like to make that clear. <laughs> I'm the biggest Rami Malek fan from... Before, before Bohemian Rhapsody, I'm a, I'm a hardcore Mr. Robot fan. I loved him in the... I can't high-five you because my sleeves are tucked away. Um, (laughs) If you've never seen The Pacific, he was great in The Pacific. I've been a fan of him for so long, and I didn't love Bohemian Rhapsody, and I was surprised that he won. Um, I think he's been robbed of Emmys for a long, long time um, and other awards. Mr. Robot in general has been robbed consistently. Um, But, yeah, I think Bradley Cooper probably... Should have been in with more of a shot. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely agree with you on that one. I there can't... are... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was going to say, Olivia Colman did deserve to win. Yeah, 100%. Oh, I think Glenn Close. For, yeah, for, for the, the wife. wife. I thought she was robbed. Yeah, me too. I mean, we could delve into this all mm. day long, couldn't we? Um, is there anything else anybody wants to add for A Star Is Born? I just wanted to quickly add why, or some of the theories as to why it didn't win. Um, firstly, it came out very early in the award season. Um, so from the very outset, as soon as it came out, it went straight to the fa- it went it became favourite immediately, and everyone was saying a star is born, a star is born, a star is born. Came out so early that it sort of faded away a bit. But they did reissue it though. Yeah, true. In IMAX. Um, apparently, Bradley Cooper could have run a slightly better Oscar campaign, uh, and finally, it is a remake, and remakes tend to not do very well um, when it comes to being. Um, you know, not nominated, but winning at the Academy Awards. Remakes often don't do very well. No. Okay. So are we going to give this to you? Make it two for two. 
<clears throat> three billboards and a Star is Born. Come on, you know Plus. you want to. So I would, I think I would agree. Um, not so much in favour of a Star is Born, but just Green Book, no one was... No one was that passionate about Green Book. And I think, again, it must have won because it was second or third on everyone's list. Yeah. I, there was never the same love for Green Book like there was for Star is Born. Mm. So I'm going to give it to you. Yes! Shivani? I was still torn between the favourite. I loved the favourite. And I know it got so many nominations and so, so many awards for uh, that year. But... I'm really torn. I think I might have to abstain. I don't know. Oh. I'm sorry. Impartiality. <laughs> um, I'm going to say yes, David, because I absolutely loved much. The Star Is Born and, uh, and felt that it should have been, uh, should have won, should have won, 100%. Mm. It also made me cry. Yeah, I mean, it, it, was a lot, it made a lot of people cry, a lot of people. And the song was inescapable yeah. for months. Yeah. Yeah. Shallow. Yeah, what a song as well. Yeah. Floss, uh, please give us your second film. I'm going to have to get my arms out so I can look at my notes. <laughs> For those that aren't, uh, can't see what was going on right now. Floss, which is everyone listening. Which is everybody, um, apart from us. Um, Floss has got her arms tucked into her jumper because oh, it's yeah. a little bit cold in here Yeah, now. I turned the radiator off because I was Let me, let me too boot warm. it back up. If you're wondering, my, my voice is kind of like, because I'm shivering. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm also a little bit cold. So great. Thank you for I turning have, that off. I've booted the heating back up. Okay. Thank you. So if everybody oh, is a little a bit... blanket. Oh, there we go. So if everyone's sitting a little bit more comfortable... Sorry. Sorry about the rustling. It's all right. It's all good. Oh, it's a scarf. Okay. So Yellow Submarine, um, which was, I did look this up, 1968. It's um, the music of the Beatles. The Beatles are the main characters. Um, it's this weird, trippy, psychedelic, like, I don't know. It's a kid's film, yeah. but it's like doing LSD. It's, um, it's a kid's <laughs> film for adults. Yeah. Um, it defined my childhood. Um, when this film was released, there was no category for animated film, except when there was like a like a short film category. And I looked it up, and that year it was won by Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day. Um, oh. You know, which classic, but um, <laughs> um, but this could not qualify for an Oscar because it just didn't exist at that time. Ninety seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Tomatoes? Rotten Tomatoes! Rotten Tomatoes! <laughs> no, I love Yellow Submarine and I love the Beatles. I love them so, so, so much. And um, you know what? Even without you having to explain any more than this, I'm going to give this to you right now. I Yeah, so I was thinking when I was thinking about what films am I passionate about that are often overlooked. Um, the film, in some ways, reminds me of Into the Spider-Verse from, you know, recent winner of Best Animated Feature just because yeah. it's... You know, the the animation style is unusual. It's got some, you know, trippy elements. It's the kind of thing which wacky and out there and probably will be very hard to get made now. Um, back in the day, it was a hit, but it's probably a bit risky for today's studios. I think it's brilliant. It's so hard to describe what yeah. happens. The plot is all about the blue meanies and Pepperland and there's no music and then... Nothing ever happens to Ringo, so he gets in a yellow submarine and flies off to, you know, places. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I really haven't seen it. I didn't know it existed. Oh, what? Wow. Sorry about that. Oh, Shivani. I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. Really David, have you seen it? Uh, no, <laughs> I have not. But it's on my it's on my to watch this now. <laughs> There's a character in it. If you need selling, he's called Doctor Jeremy Hillary Boob, PhD. Um, <laughs> Sensation. He talks in rhyme. He meets the Beatles when they're in. They've just come out of the Sea of Monsters. The Sea of Monsters. They get through it because one monster starts eating everything and then eats the backdrop for the Sea of Monsters and then eats himself. <laughs> so they're in this like blank completely white landscape and they meet Jeremy <laughs> Hillary Boob and he, you know Jeremy Hillary Boob Dr. PhD Yes no? it Sounds very Monty Python kind of I actually have a feeling it might have something to do with the fact that the Monty Python guys um, did work well George Harrison did work with the Monty Python guys because he financed a lot of their movies so there might have been some input there I can't be sure with that I do know that George Harrison did finance a lot of the Monty Python set. So, yeah. Mm. I also remember the Beatles do appear in live action at the end of this, but 
even though I think they were supposed to be in it. In the end, it wasn't actually the Beatles providing the voices. It was impersonators. Except for, of course, when they sing. Then it is the Beatles. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that. That's a good fact. I, yeah, they appear in that little scene at the end. And he goes, I've got a hole in my pocket. And then... <laughs> <laughs> i got blisters on my fingers. Yeah. For the There's... longest time, I thought that the vultures in the Jungle Book were voiced by the Beatles. But I think they're just trying to... Pretend that they're the Beatles. They were based on the Beatles. Yeah, I thought they were the Beatles. So. No. I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I was young when I, it could be the Beatles. I, I'm pretty sure it was based on the Beatles. Mm. Yeah, I think that was the idea. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so for those who have seen this film, i.e., me and Floss, <laughs> um, I'm going to give this one to you. Definitely. Okay. If it was released today, it would deserve a best animated. Feature nomination, <laughs> yeah, and maybe some kind of best soundtrack award because the songs I mean, aren't bad. I mean, the songs are great. It's the Beatles. You've, the... you've looked this up now, haven't you? So you must know. Yeah, yeah. They were the Vultures were supposed to be voiced by the Beatles. The original plan was that yeah, that were supposed to be voiced, but there was scheduling. <laughs> it's a bit of a pattern there emerging. <laughs> yeah, they were supposed to be voiced by the Beatles, the Vultures. But however, they were supposed to do Yellow Submarine and then they had another issue and so they didn't do either of them. There's a lot of empty recording studios. <laughs> People being like, where are you, Paul? <laughs> They're probably doing LSD, <laughs> making some new album of some sort. Anyway. I just want to highlight some particular sequences that you could probably find on YouTube. Um, just if you want to taste. There's the really cool bit with Eleanor Rigby at the beginning where it's like the city and, you know, lots of... <laughs> sad imagery of how horrible life is mm. in Liverpool. <laughs> um, there's the, <laughs> the great bit where they do Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Um, there's the amazing bit where I think the final the final credits bit oh, the most iconic bit where they're singing All You Need Is Love but the words are coming physically out of his mouth and merging into shapes and colours and flowers. <laughs> this is very hard it's to describe. It's really hard to describe. But I think what you need to, if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, I haven't seen Yellow Submarine and I want to see Yellow Submarine, don't watch those clips. Just watch the whole film. And stick with it because it's, it's weird. Yeah, it is. It's weird and beautiful and absolutely brilliant. Um, shall we move on to the next film then? I, I've been sold. It's, it's gone onto my list. Okay, great. So, so shall we move on to the next film? <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, what? <laughs> oh, Craig! <laughs> Just trying to wrap things up a little bit quicker. I'm sorry, Floss. Um, thank you for that, Shivani. Give us your next film. Hello, um, hello. <laughs> sorry. It's like a reflex now. I don't know, really know where it's coming from. Um, but I have also picked a uh, children's film, animated. Well, kind of animated uh, film. Uh, I picked Paddington Two because he got no nominations at all for in the Oscars. Um, it was nominated for a couple of BAFTAs. I think it was Best Supporting Actor for with uh, Hugh Grant, um, Outstanding British Film of the Year, and Best Screenplay, Best Adapted Screenplay, sorry, uh, but no Oscar nominations. And I think that um, Hugh Grant would have at least deserved an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actor because <laughs> he was great. <laughs> I think I remember something about this because I follow the Oscars quite a lot. Um, I find it really interesting. Didn't Paddington 2 release a lot later in America and it wasn't eligible for that round of Oscars? And by the time it came out, it was, you know, too early to be remembered in time for the next Oscars. Oh, I didn't realise that. I think that might be what happened. Well, sorry, Shivani, we can't give this one to you either. I've done really badly this Like, I should just leave now. Technical fail. (laughs) Shivani's out on a technicality now. She's not having much luck here in the studio tonight. I've been defaulted. You have. If it was eligible, though, I do believe that Paddington 2 was an absolute masterpiece. And the first one was fantastic as well, but I love the second one and I love Hugh Grant. I really do love Hugh Grant and he's now, he's he's really changed his career around by giving some really outstanding bad guy performances from Cloud Atlas all the way through to Paddington 2 to um, one of the latest films that we've seen him in, um, The Gentleman, uh, which was just absolutely outstanding. It's, it's a very diverse um, time for Hugh Grant and if anybody should have won something, it would have been Hugh Grant, without a doubt. So I'll give you to you on that technicality but um, it wouldn't have been eligible by the sounds of it 
I mean, it was eligible. Oh, it was not, eligible. not at the top of anyone's brain. Right, yes, because it came oh, out okay. January for the yeah. next year. Gotcha. I'm trying to find out when it came out in America. Just too damn early. Too oh, damn. oh, it gets more complicated. I do remember this. The film was originally set to be distributed by the Weinstein Company. Ah. Oh, dear. Oh, no. um, oh we've got the whole show without <laughs> mentioning Harvey and the Weinsteins. So after that happened, they looked for another American distributor um, because they didn't want that name associated with the children's film. Makes sense. Um, mm. But yeah, I think that just delayed it in its release. Damn it, that's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Shivani's not having much luck here. Join the Me Too movement and say, Harvey, you ruin Paddington 2's chances. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it didn't make me cry, though. It made me cry as well, to be honest. January 12th, 2018, it came out in America. Is that beyond the window for... It must be. If it wasn't nominated. <laughs> I can't remember when the nomination ballots kind of finish. I know it's all earlier this year, but... Oh, I don't know. It can't be, because think about this year. Either way. that have, are not out yet. Well, I don't know. Either way, either way, it, it missed out greatly. It didn't have the time to become, <laughs> you know, the beloved hit that it was in the UK. Exactly, exactly that. Sorry, Shivani. Shivani's out again. No, That's I mean so you can still argue, okay? You could, but are you going to give up on this though? Um, I mean, I, I feel like we all loved Paddington. I hope. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. David, have you seen it? I haven't seen it for you a long oh. time. Oh, okay. so you That's have seen fine. it? That's fine. A long time ago. I mean, it only came out in 2018. <laughs> so two years ago. <laughs> 2017 here, I guess. Yeah. Um, oh, we'll give it to you. Yeah. Oh, it's a pity vote, isn't it? <laughs> Can I share a fun fact? Go for it. So when I was in class six back in 2004 or five, we had a thing called a balloon debate where you had to dress as a fictional character and make a case for why you shouldn't be chucked out of a hot air balloon. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds very appropriate for children. Okay. Um, I went as Paddington and I won. <laughs> That was your case, though. I was so I was Paddington, and you basically just have to do a speech about your fictional character and why you deserve. And then you know, there's a panel of judges that vote um, on who gave the best, basically the best speech. Um, but I wore like a full bear costume, and I had the <laughs> hat and coat, and I had a suitcase that genuinely had marmalade sandwiches in. Oh, my God. oh that's amazing! That's adorable. You're my hero. Nobody could throw Paddington out of a hot air balloon, though. What kind of sadistic no. game is this? And they didn't. Yeah. Imagine if you went for Rupert the Bear. I Rupert it's not quite bear. as compelling. No. No. Well, at least you won that. So let's move on to the final one from me. And I've been... I've, I'm slightly regretting choosing this one a little bit. So it's Kingdom of Heaven, which came out in 2005. And this is directed by Ridley Scott. Um, it's got... Uh, 39% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I know. It's got 7.2% on, on, uh, out of 10 out on, on IMDb. Now, one of the reasons why I believe that this missed out um, at the Oscars is simply because it, um, it missed out about 45 minutes worth of what the director really wanted the people to see. The film was already running at 3 hours and 14 minutes, but when the director's cut came out... I believe this should have been should have been given some kind of award because of the way that the, the film actually went down a, a, a wonderful road. Um, let me just tell you what it's about. Brief summary. It, in the 12th century, blacksmith Balian travels to, to Jerusalem, a city seething with religious wars, and he transforms into a defending warrior who saves the city and its people. Um, it's basically a, a film about going on the Crusades, um, a, a film about religion, and it's also a film about... Um, losing your father and, and, and finding your father again and losing him all over again. And it's got a, a great cast. Um, it's got Orlando Bloom, Eva Green, um, Edward Norton, Liam Neeson. Um, there's just a, a, a huge, great <laughs> cast going on there. But it missed out completely. Why are you laughing at me? All people that you'd find in Jerusalem. Yes, <laughs> definitely. I mean, if they go on the Crusades, they are. I guess so. 
exactly. Um, but I, I am definitely regretting um, choosing this film because I don't... Have, have any of you seen this film? No. 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 Okay. I'm going to give you each a, a copy of this film, uh, the director's <coughs> cut, and then you can watch it, and then you can tell me what you think. You've got three copies of this film? Um, I don't, but I will buy three <laughs> copies of this film. I'm going to hold Sorry. you to that. I would like a Blu-ray special edition, yeah. please. Uh, I don't know if I... Could I have the Blu-ray as well? Two discs, please. But you don't have a Blu-ray player. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm still going to make you pay for a Blu-ray. <laughs> I don't know about you. Do you what? have a Blu-ray player? Yeah, oh, Blu-ray of course player. you do. You've got home cinema, haven't you? No, I, I will have. There we so. go. <laughs> Um, okay, I I basically can't say any more than this, other than than the fact that I I love this film. Um, I wish it did get awards after the director's cut came out, but that's impossible. And um, I'm having to veto myself here. And none of you have seen the film, so um, yeah, there we go. That that is it, isn't it? Everyone said their films, haven't they? Yes. Blimey! So that's the end of the show then. If all these films were competing against each other. Who would win Best Picture? Okay. Oh wow, we've got wow. Eight, we've got a full eight films. Well, well, yeah. It's it's obvious, isn't it? The Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Surely, actually. Surely. Shawshank. I haven't seen it, but I feel like <laughs> <laughs> my sorry. Oh dear. No, that's not going to happen. You can edit that out. I think I'm going to keep that in. I don't know. I'm going to have to listen to this back. There's going to be lots of editing out, I'm sure. Maybe brief gaps where Shivani's forgetting to talk or saying hello. Edit out at least four of Shivani's (laughs) hellos. Definitely. I think we should keep them in. I think you should just edit out all of the bits with me in it. I don't contribute much to this episode. And on that note, I I think we are in agreement. There has been some, some compelling cases put forward for all the films in all the various categories. But out of all of them, I think the Shawshank has to be... I mean, it's number one on IMDb for a reason. It's it's an astonishing masterpiece. And you must see it, Shivani. You really must. Yeah, I'm not buying you the Blu-ray version before you ask, all right? But I'm looking forward to my director's cut of Kingdom of Heaven on Blu-ray. I can't wait. Yeah. I, okay, I can probably stretch to all of you getting that. Um, but I'm not buying you a Blu-ray player so you can watch it. So I don't know what you can do with it. I'll buy myself a Blu-ray player. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to the first episode of uh, Topical Talk. I had to remember what it was called because we've only just named it this afternoon. Um, our next episode is going to be about romance. Oh, yes. Because what's happening on February the 14th? I don't know. It's some sort of commercial day. It's a terrible day if you're oh. single like me. Yeah, I was going to say nothing because I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely z- zero. I'm, I'm not single. But I know, this my, is... My girlfriend is actually going away for that weekend. Oh. So, yeah. So you can spend it in the studio with me. I bet you're absolutely thrilled with that. For February the 14th. We're recording on February the 14th, aren't we? Yeah. Oh, we could. <laughs> yeah, That'll so be... this will be going out, though. We'll be recording the day before, probably, and then putting it out on February the 14th. And um, you're all going to love all the romantic contributions that we're all going to bring to the table, I'm sure. Including mine, you'll like, you'll like mine, I think. Well, they, well they, are you sure we're not going to veto these ones? You might veto what, one of them. We're going to get beaten oh, out on a technicality yeah, for some we might reason. veto one of them, actually. Well, one of them, I would be offended if you didn't veto it. So, What is our criteria for the next one? Because we're not arguing best picture. Is it just, would you watch it on Valentine's Day? Yeah, or... I, I had the idea that maybe pick your favourite and your least favourite... But um, I don't know. It's completely up to you. Bring what you like to the table. What would make for the most interesting conversation? I feel like we should put these in a room, like room one hundred and one. Yeah, I think yeah. We need to we need to come up with a box or like something that is the best films that we think are the best films. Basically, we haven't clarified how this. <laughs> this how is a great episode. It's now just works. become a team meeting live on air. <laughs> yeah, we haven't actually formulated the formula for these topical talks, but um, eventually by episode two, we'll probably have an idea as to how this is going to go. Well, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? Yeah. Craig, I was also going to say, obviously, if people have enjoyed this episode and they would like to contribute anything to the second episode, they can, of course, get in contact with us. How can they do that, my good friend? Well, you can email the show by sending us an email to my mail is worth it at is it worth it podcast.com that email address again is because because it's so long is my mail is worth it at is it worth it podcast.com uh 
Any other ways, David? Yes, you can tweet us, you can Instagram us, you can go on Facebook. Um, we love hearing from you, so if you have enjoyed this episode, also if you have anything to contribute, what's your favourite film that um, didn't win an Academy Award? Um, get in touch with us on Twitter, let us know, and we'll happily give it a retweet and start a bit of a conversation online. Yes, we will. Um, slide into those DMs. We love it. We really do. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly before Valentine's Day, giggly. <laughs> uh, okay, let's wrap this up, David. Final words to, to end it because I don't know how we're ending it really. Thank you very much for listening and we will speak to you about romantic films next month.